Good evening. We are talking a little bit about wisdom tonight as we continue through Proverbs. So if you're following along in your Bible, I hope that you are for Sunday night study. Proverbs chapter 2 is where you should be. Proverbs chapter 2. The story is told of a father and his young son who were riding in a pickup truck. They were heading out to a little father-son excursion. They were going hunting. As they traveled along the highway, they saw a a dead uh, dog on the side of the road, had been the victim of an accident, apparently. Um, Young son looked and stared at that on the side of the road and asked his dad, Dad, what happened? Father said, well, poor choice. Son thought about that, went on a little farther down the road, saw another This time, a a smaller animal, a turtle, that uh, was attempting to cross and didn't make it. This was even more curious. The son said, Dad, what what happened to this one? And the father said, poor choice. Kept going, kept driving, and continuing toward their destination, and finally saw... Uh, as they turned the corner to go down a dirt road, a, a, a small cat that had taken the uh, brunt end of a vehicle. And he said, Dad? He nodded and said, poor choice. I think about that story uh, in a lot of different ways, but The goal that the father was trying to instill within his son is that our choices matter. And that sometimes, oftentimes, uh, what seems like a a small choice can have huge ramifications. It's a good lesson for fathers to teach their sons to think about your choices. Give thought to your ways. uh, Because you... You just don't know uh, how important those choices might really be. The writer of Proverbs, most of the Proverbs, King Solomon, addresses the audience tonight as a father giving instruction to his son. It occurs to me that no one wants the best for a young man uh, like his father. In fact, the father is the only man who desires for that son to do better than him, genuinely. And so Solomon writes in this way, and he gives one of the most important instructions. We've learned about wisdom, we've learned about the fear of the Lord, but he writes these instructions as a father to his son. If we think about the father in the story, he was emphasizing the importance of 
your choices. Solomon does one better than that and says, it's wisdom that gets you to the right choices. Modern parents say things like, make good choices, make good choices. Well, that's not necessarily bad, but we have to train our children how to make good choices. We have to define very clearly what, what, what's the definition of good. Because some would say, well, good's just whatever you want, whatever makes you happy. Solomon and the scriptures would tell us that good choices emanate from wisdom and from wisdom of the Lord. Starting in verse 1 of Proverbs chapter 2. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure. The big question, of course, is if, (laughs) if you receive my words and if you treasure my commands, uh, if you'll make your ear attentive and incline your heart toward understanding. Not everyone does. Not everyone is wise. Not everyone cares about wisdom and specifically, more, more specifically, doesn't care about God's wisdom. Only those who recognize the value of God's wisdom will bother to listen, to incline their heart, and to seek her. You've probably all heard a story, uh, seen something on TV of uh, someone who sells a Picasso at a garage sale. Uh, I've seen the show Pawn Stars, and occasionally you'll see an episode like that where someone brings in an incredible... Uh, valuable piece of art that they got for nothing at some yard sale garage sale. And you think, well, how in the world would the owner of, of said art piece not know? How could they not? Why would they just let it go so cheaply? And without judging anyone who's been in that situation, uh, the simple answer is, They didn't know what they had. They didn't realize the value of what they had. And so what they saw is some old painting that they inherited from grandma that had sat in a back room and never used because they didn't know the value. They didn't know the artist. They sold it far too cheaply. Wisdom is a gift. It's a blessing from God, and it's only given to those who are wise enough to value her and to seek her. So, we need to think about this for ourselves. Um, are you continually in pursuit of wisdom? I mean, I'm not just talking in the biblical sense. Uh, certainly that's good, but... Uh, Are you a person who's always trying to learn new things? Do you care to expose yourself to new ideas and try to expand your skill set a little bit? I I think some of the most successful people I've ever known have this unique 
quality in them that they're always seeking and growing because they understand the value of wisdom. And that's in a human sense. That's not talking about spiritual things at all. But my my question is, uh, what about spiritually speaking? Do you pursue reading the Bible? Do you listen to God's word? Do you study it? Do you meditate on it? Do you apply it? Are you always in pursuit of truth? I told you this before, but the picture will never leave my mind of, you know, Louis Tandy when he was here on this side was in that library. This is, you know, Wednesday night meals and you'd eat your meal and then kids would be running and playing and people would be meeting, doing different things and where was Lewis Tandy, the patriarch of Northside? Where was he? Guy who preached 10,000 sermons, and taught maybe that many classes or more, been on Know Your Bible for decades, loved and revered for his gentle heart, his love, his common sense. Where was Lewis on a Wednesday night? He was in the library. I think he was reading a Bible, if I remember correctly. And it struck me. The wise never stop learning. They always love to grow. The other side of that, of course, is a person who always, only they have the answers. Only they can do it right. Only they can be trusted. If you've ever said something along the lines of, if you want anything done right, you just do it yourself. Foolish, there's a kind of a red flag there. <laughs> You can always learn. You should always want to learn. And you should always seek wisdom. Because she will bless you. So let's think about uh, a couple of ways which wisdom blesses us. Number one, uh, let's start at verse 5. Uh, then you will understand, this is Proverbs 2, 5. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Summarizing what we've already said in a previous lesson, that true wisdom, if you want it, starts with the fear of the Lord. To have fear of the Lord, you have to have humility. It's the beginning of wisdom. You know, it's the two basic truths. One, there is a God. Two, you're not him. And so you've got to humble yourself. You yield your pride and your, your arrogance and your hubris. That is the moment when you begin the journey of truly finding wisdom from God. Jesus said it like this in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. 
poor in spirit is kind of a funny phrase, but it means someone who says, I don't have anything to offer here. And when we come to God, when we come to God seeking his grace, if, if you're going to receive his grace, you have to be able to come to that understanding. I have nothing to offer here. Isaiah, the prophet of God, when he saw the vision of heaven, said, woe to me. I'm an unclean man of unclean lips. I have nothing to offer a God like this. That's the beginning of our relationship with God, and it's the beginning of wisdom. Humility and lowering yourself. Let's continue, verse 9. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death, her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. Okay, so wisdom, if we'll be humble enough to accept and learn and be willing to grow and let God teach us some things, wisdom truly blesses us in a couple of ways. One, wisdom guides us to the good paths. The paths of blessing. It doesn't mean they're always the easy paths, but wisdom will guide us to the good paths. <clears throat> uh, righteousness, this, the proverb says, to, uh, which is doing the right thing. Right in God's eyes and right according uh, to God's standard. Righteousness is a good quality. Secondly, it will lead us to justice and equity. Um, unfortunately, the world has hijacked those words, justice and equity, and how the world uses them is not how the Bible uh, speaks of them. Essentially, justice is doing always what's right and treating other people fairly according to God's standard. A simple uh, example that we get in Proverbs is using equal weights for buying and selling. How do you, how do you, you know, in that, that culture, you know, you had uh, agriculture, you had the market, you could, and, and many uh, uh, crooked people would use a different set of weights, depending on if they were purchasing or whether they were selling. And you could skim a little off the top, little by little. Well, that's, that's unjust behavior. That's inequitable. So we treat others consistently, fairly. Uh, my grandfather had a phrase that uh, I always liked, and I think it describes justice and equity in our personal interactions and behaviors. And it was this. Grandpa was a, a woodworker, so a little context there. Uh, meet on the level when you meet another person, 
act on the plum, I mean, always, always do the right thing, and part on the square. Every relationship, every interaction. Grandpa also owned a hardware store. Um, meet on the level, act on the plum, part on the square. I think that's a good description of how to act justly and equitably. Our conversation about justice and equity is so far removed from that, I really don't have time, but, but mostly it gets into if we could just get the government to force these people to do that and take this from these people and then rearrange it, then that would be just and equitable. And that is so far removed from the biblical idea of justice and equity. That's all I'll say about it tonight. Wisdom not only guides us towards the good paths of righteousness, justice, equity, it also protects us from the bad ones. It says, uh, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech. Uh, perverted speech, you, that's a pretty broad term, but let's just, you know, lies. It's so easy to lie in our world. If you just hold yourself to the standard of always telling the truth, you'll find how easy it is to not. Well, it's a simpler explanation. And, and then we get into deception, which is, eh, I'm not telling you a lie, but I'm not telling you the whole truth. That's dangerous too. Uh, gossip, of course. And Proverbs will speak much about that. Flattery. Saying something, complimenting someone, uh, sidling up to them, pretending to uh, have an interest in them only for your own personal interest. Okay, Wisdom protects us from that. If we truly want to do things God's way, it protects us from these perverted speech and people who practice it. Uh, Those who walk in darkness and crooked paths, which is way of describing all the paths that deviate from God. Uh, there's, and, and it occurs to me on the, on the idea of the path, there's really one right path. There's lots of crooked paths. There's many uh, ways to walk that deviate from God. But there's really one right path. And this is what wisdom calls us to. And it protects us from people who walk on any of the crooked paths, if we'll apply it. People who rejoice in evil. Okay. Um, boy, I'd never, I never. I used to kind of think, eh, that's maybe an antiquated idea. We don't really see people rejoicing in evil, but my goodness, I mean, it, it doesn't take long. Social media, TikTok, Instagram, uh, you'll see all sorts of people rejoicing in evil. We should obviously not be that type of person and avoid those kind of people. And if we'll seek wisdom, wisdom will protect us from those kind of people. Uh, third is, uh, or yeah, fourth is the uh, sexual immorality, the forbidden woman, the adulteress. We'll see her pop up again and again. And I think there's good reason uh, that Proverbs warns us against that, against sexual immorality. Um, there is so much emphasis on this in Proverbs. In fact, yeah, I think I've, I've, I can't remember if I've 
share this story with you. Uh, we used to, my son and I, when I took him to school, uh, we would read Proverbs, and we'd go through Proverbs one a day, and uh, so if it was, you know, like today is the fourth, we would be in Proverbs chapter four, and tomorrow we'd be in Proverbs chapter five, and I remember very clearly the day we got to Proverbs chapter five, because Proverbs chapter five was dealing with the adulterous woman, and I'm I'm talking with my eight-year-old. <laughs> His very sincere and honest question was, Dad, what's an adulterous woman? And that was an inter- interesting conversation. And I hemmed and hawed, and I thought, man, how much to give him here? How much description? And the Spirit, in that moment, said, there's a reason it's in there. The world is fully prepared to teach your son about the crooked paths and to show him the crooked paths of sexual immorality. They're coming for him. So get uncomfortable and have the conversation to teach your son about this wicked path so that he might avoid this way of living. So... um, Again, all of the bad paths are things that we can spend a lot of time on, but if we'll just pursue wisdom, <laughs> she'll, she'll keep us from those. She'll protect us from those paths, and she'll protect us from people who are on those paths. This is why as we train our children, if we teach them to love wisdom and to love wisdom from God, that will protect them and bless them. You know, as a parent, it's really challenging to, you know, with your kids, you don't know, how do, I, how do I prepare them for every possible thing under the sun? You can't. At some point, you realize that. You see, you can't. Every, you can't prepare them and protect them from every possible scenario. Things are going to happen, and probably already have happened in your children's lives, that you weren't prepared for, and they weren't prepared for. So how do we do, how do we deal with this as parents? Well, a good thing to do is... Encourage your children toward wisdom, to seeking her and to loving her. Verses 20 through, uh, Proverbs 2 verse 20 is where we are. So, you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, the treacherous will be rooted out of it. So Proverbs says, not just to seek wisdom, but to walk in wisdom, to walk in the way of the good. Now, all throughout Proverbs and Psalms and much of wisdom literature, anytime you refer to a walk, you know, all the women walking with God, ladies, and uh, Rose, I don't know, you've walked, what, 1,500 miles today, something like that? I don't know. Um, this, this, this neat community built around walking, we think of walking differently, okay? We... we the physical act and the shoes and the, you know, the charts, how many miles and, you know, my phone telling me how many steps I've walked. That's not at all we're talking about, okay? A walk in Scripture refers to your life, how you live. So it's not just knowing the wisdom, it's walking in wisdom. Walk in the way of the good. Um, 
And, and just as with your physical walk, your spiritual walk is a choice down which path you go. Down the good path, down paths, the path of righteousness and wisdom, or any other path which will lead to no place good. The beautiful thing, in Psalm 119, verses 105, a scripture you probably know and have heard quoted before, says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So this beautiful picture here of scripture illuminating, being a light to two things, your feet okay, and your path, your feet and your path. So, so if we will love wisdom and pursue her, it's like turning on that flashlight when you, you know, when it's dark at night and you got to take the trash out or something, you can't quite see where you're going, you pull out your phone and you turn on your light because the light shows you what's ahead. Wisdom from God does that. It illuminates the path. It's like turning on the light. And in addition to illuminating the path, it, it shows where the path leads, but it also shows where our feet are pointed. If we're on the path, it'll show us in both ways. It'll say, this is where that path leads, and this is where you're headed if you go that way. And so, when Scripture tells us to walk in the way of wisdom, it's not just doing telling us to walk blindly and figure it out. It's saying... God's word is instructive. It's illuminating the path and it's illuminating the direction of your own feet, which I think is a a beautiful thing. So we have to choose that we're going to walk in the way of wisdom. There's always a difference between the knowing and the doing, of course, and we have to choose which way we're going to walk. So a couple of examples. You go to the store, and you have all of the options, right, of things that you can eat and enjoy. You have things that you're familiar with, that you love, that are regular staples in the cart, and things that are new and different. There, Some uh, marketer decided it'd be cool if you tried the new uh, pineapple-flavored Twinkie or whatever. I don't um, and so as you push your cart through the store... You got to choose, you know, between the fruits and the vegetables and the things that might help you in your health, and you know, the Twinkies and the Doritos and uh, the Dr Pepper and all of that. And your choice is what you put in the basket. Have you ever had this scenario where <laughs> there's one version of you that goes shopping? And there's the other version of you that has to deal with the choices of person number one. You know, skinny Toby tends to love going shopping. He's very enthusiastic. All the vegetables, all the, all the fruits. Uh, fat Toby has different intentions. He gets very angry at the choices of skinny Toby. You know, he lets the, the lettuce wilt. He lets the fruit go bad. Uh, he chooses other things. Well, okay, that's a silly example, but... The walk is, what are you putting in your cart? More precisely, what are you putting in your heart? Which way are you going to go? 
which choice are you gonna, going to make? You know, we all have the choice of wisdom or foolishness. We've got to choose which way we're going to go. So, wisdom says, choose me. And here's the key. Consistently. If you'll, if you'll pursue me and choose me consistently, you'll be blessed. You'll be guided to the good path, and you'll be protected from the evil path. Wisdom is a blessing. It protects us and guides us and all of that. So, may we, number one, may we have the heart of the wise, which is a humble heart that says, okay, I don't know everything, and I need to seek God's wisdom. And number two, may we have the mind that desires to be closer to God and to what is true. Life is going to happen. Uh, scripture tells us that life happens to people whether you pursue God's wisdom or not. He, he, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, or as Solomon say, the wise and the foolish. But here's the cool thing. Uh, when the rains come, when the floods rise, when things are beating against the house of your life, wisdom will protect you. She'll watch over you. She'll see that you suffer no harm in the long term. Jesus desires that we would know him and love him and seek him in the same way. And his promise... His reminder in John 10.10 was that I have come that they might have life and that they might have it to the full. I would submit to you the key to having life to the full is walking in wisdom. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for today uh, to be able to gather together as your people on the first day of the week to worship you, to sing praises to you, to pray to you to meet at your table, to think about in Bible class and here at Sunday night study uh, your ways and your truth and your wisdom. Father, thank you for the wisdom that you have given to us through your word and through your son, Jesus Christ. May we listen, may we seek, may we love wisdom. For we know the blessings come with her, and, and we want to walk closely with her. Father, keep us from foolishness and keep us from wayward paths. And may your word, Father, not just today, but each day of our lives, continually illuminate not only where we are, but where the path that we are on is headed. Lord, we ask for your wisdom and we ask that we might be humble as we receive it, that we might realize that all wisdom and truth lies with you. Lord, we love you so much and we thank you for the ways in which you love us. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray.